T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Nice. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 08 on Wednesday. It is Joe Beamer in for Sandy Beach here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Sandy will be here tomorrow for his final show, so stay tuned for that. Two left today, tomorrow, and then Sandy retires and uh, emotional week here at WBEN as we say goodbye to a legend in retirement. Goodbye in retirement. Um, So I know tomorrow we'll uh, have all the emotions going, not only here in studio, but around Western New York and the United States as we are talking about a three-time Hall of Famer who, with the Radio.com app, well, early in his career with KB, and now with the Radio.com app, is able to be listened to um, with KB down the East Coast and with the Radio.com app anywhere in the United States. So in a not... So giddy way, looking forward to tomorrow and uh, talking with all of you. But you are stuck with me today. I hope that's okay. And um, so this week, Friday and this week, I've been able to sleep in a little bit. Now, I love being done with my day at noon, right? There's just something great about having the rest of the day because you get out of work at noon. You can go take a nap. And then wake back up and you still got your day. You don't have to take off work for doctor's appointments for the most part. So those are the positives. But you get up at before 4 o'clock. So the last few days, sleeping in 
And really, we're talking maybe six or seven hours of sleep because I'll stay up till midnight and then wake up around seven. It is so relaxing. But the one thing I find is even with two or three more hours of sleep, I'm still depending on that monster energy. Maybe that's not such a good thing. I should probably switch to like tea or something, something that's uh, not as heavy with the caffeine. But it has been uh, it has been nice being able to sleep in and uh, and get here just a little bit later. Drive in when the sun is already up. You know, something new and different. Uh, and speaking of new and different, this is something I talked about in for Tom a few days ago. We, we talked yesterday on Sandy's show about sports and sports being back. And you had the Marlins with their COVID test. Should the MLB give up? And then today we're hearing positive news from the MLB, right? More, mo, everyone but the Marlins, every team but the Marlins have zero positive cases. But if you go on social media, you go on Twitter, what are you seeing? You're not seeing that. You're seeing the MLB should give up. Why are we forcing sports? All of this stuff. And it's mostly from the sports media. People whose lives depend on sports are telling you, hey, this is wrong. We shouldn't be doing sports. You know, this is wrong. I'm covering this, but we shouldn't be doing sports. Are they really, do they really care about the sports or are they trying to make a political statement? Because in my opinion, it's, they, they've thrown sports out the window and they just care about getting their political opinion across. They've been able to do it during the pandemic and now they want to keep on going till November. They want everything shut down until November. Regardless if it's their livelihood, if it's them making money, everything's shut down till November. And I thought maybe I was the only one that, that saw this. I thought, you know, I shouldn't talk too much about this. This sounds crazy. I'm sure they're not rooting against their jobs. But national uh, radio sports host Clay Travis actually did a Twitter poll this morning. And out of the 56,000 votes, 77% say, yeah. From what they're seeing on social media, it looks like sports media is actually rooting against themselves. And if you look at the way the NBA, the NHL, how they've done it with the bubble, the MLS, it's all working out great. You've got zero COVID cases inside those bubbles. With the MLB, you had one outbreak. Now, I'm not making light of that, but you have one outbreak, and it seems like now they've got it contained and hopefully, that'll be the only issue moving forward. We've seen the Premier League go stadium to stadium, the KBO go stadium to stadium overseas, and it work out great. So I'm hoping that this Marlins thing is an isolated only incident, and we can stop with this negativity. Because it all comes back to what I talked about in the final hour of Tom's show yesterday. The negativity you see on social media, and just how miserable people are. Remember the tweet I read on Sandy's show yesterday? We don't deserve a distraction until we fix the problem. Can you imagine having that mindset? It's, in my opinion, just, I can't imagine being that negative. And with everything going on, maybe go on Twitter and do something positive, post something positive. But it's all this negativity, nonstop, nonstop. And uh, now you're seeing it, even when you're attempting to have something positive, bring some kind of entertainment to a nation that's been locked down, to a nation that their norms have been disrupted. 
trying to have just that little bit of positivity. And it seems we can't go that way without shooting it down. So hopefully the isolated incident was all we saw and we'll move on. But I do want to talk about sports coming back. I want to talk about school coming back this morning. I also want to talk about what we saw on Capitol Hill yesterday. Um, Everything becoming just political, not just in Washington, but everywhere. With schools coming back, with sports coming back, it's all political. We're going to get into that. But when we come back, I do want to bring up one little story before I get into the topics. And by the way, they were topics that Sandy got ready. Um, I want to get into it. I finally opened this, uh, this box from my childhood that I probably have, I put away in 2008 and haven't opened since. My parents finally said, you got to get this out of our house. Well, I opened it up yesterday and the stuff I found I thought was quite entertaining. I want to share it with you and then we will get into the topics. It's Joe Beamer in for Sandy Beach. Sandy will be back tomorrow. Do not worry. Here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Obviously, this was not a planned day off for Sandy as it is his final week. He is heading to retirement. Sandy's just feeling a little under the weather. Nothing to worry about. He will be back tomorrow for his final day. Uh, I should have said that right off the bat because I'm reading the text now. Uh, But just wanted to share with you, he's fine. Just a little under the weather. Will be back for his final day. Obviously, this uh, today, nothing planned. And um, I'm glad you're tuned in. Glad you're listening to us. And tomorrow we will have a, uh, a great final show. But like I said, it'll be very emotional at the same time. And I hope you tune in for that. I'm in for Tom at 3 o'clock today as well. So if uh, you're enjoying listening to me, it'll be great. If not, uh, I apologize. Uh, so as I was saying when we went to break, I uh, finally went through this box of stuff from my childhood last night. It's been sitting at my parents' house for 10 years. It was sitting in our storage space in Orchard Park for about two months. And I finally decided, okay, it's time to look through this. And the stuff I kept, A, I can't believe I kept all this stuff. I'm not very organized, so a lot of stuff I lose. However, uh, the stuff I found were these little hockey sticks, these collectible hockey sticks that they gave away with your meal at Canadian McDonald's. And I was going through these, and what happened was, back in the day, me and my friends used to always go to Buffalo Wild Wings on Niagara Falls Boulevard, back when it was in that Topps Plaza, between Topps, Coles, and Wegmans, and we would go there for every game. So one Saturday afternoon, uh, I had nothing to do. I got in my 98 Altima and drove over the Peace Bridge and hit up every McDonald's I could find uh, within reason from the Peace Bridge, and back then, 2007... I ate a lot of McDonald's, so that wasn't out of the ordinary. Um, And I was able to get, of the five they were giving away as collectibles, I was able to get three. So kept those, brought those that night. Found those, still in great condition. They were just sitting in this this box, along with these little NHL team cups they used to uh, have in the quarter machines. You'd put a quarter in. And it would uh, spit out these NHL cups. I collected as many of those as I could find. And to my surprise, I hadn't wrapped them up. They were all just sitting, not one broken, in this box. And like I said, they must have been in there for 10, 12 years since I left for college. So that was pretty cool to see. And then in another box, I had pom-poms from the 99 Stanley Cup playoffs. And I also had 
pom-poms from the 06-07 playoffs. And that was cool. Maybe that's why the Cubs didn't break. I don't know. Also had every article from every, I'm sorry, every front page of the sports section from every playoff win in 2007. So I have a question for the WBEN audience, because as I'm taking this stuff out, Katie's laughing. She thinks it's hilarious that I had all this stuff. And on top of that, I had cutouts of J.P. Dumont and Max Afanaganov and Michael Pekka and all, you know, all the players from 99 to 2007. So she was getting a, a laugh out of that and probably thinks it's ridiculous that I want to keep a lot of this stuff. I also kept, remember when they used to drop the little soldiers from the rafters? Everyone that I caught, I kept. And they were still singing in this box as well. But my question for the WBEN audience, obviously I'm going to keep the NHL team cups. I'm going to keep the collectible hockey sticks. Should I keep the article, the front pages, the sports front pages from those playoff wins in 2006? I'm sorry, not 07, 06. We're talking about the last year in the goat head jerseys, the black and red jerseys. We have the one from Pominville beating Ray Emery shorthanded to advance against Carolina. We're talking about the Philadelphia series. Should I keep those articles? Should I maybe laminate ones? If not, which ones should I keep? Or Joe, you're being crazy. Katie's right. Just get rid of all that stuff. So let me know about that. I, I want to know, am I, am I going to uh, keep all this stuff? Should I keep this stuff or am I in the minority? Joe, that's stupid. Just get rid of it. All right, that stuff's 13 years old and holds no value. Just get rid of all that stuff. So that's one question I'm wondering uh, for the BEN audience to cover. And as well as that, I want to know your opinions on, yes, going back to school. Now, we've seen around the country schools go back in states like Georgia and states like Tennessee, but we're also seeing the holdback. We're seeing plans now for schools to go back here in western New York, and those plans will be coming in pretty rapidly the next few days. And I'd like to know from you, what would you feel most comfortable about the going back to school? Do you like the hybrid idea where students will go two days a week? They'll learn two days a week. Well, actually, they'll learn at home three days a week. And teachers will be in the building all but one day, and that's a cleaning day on Wednesday. And then when it comes to sports, we see in Virginia now where high school football is going to be played in the spring. So when we talk about high school or yeah, high school athletics, should those be held off till the spring as well? And if they're still doing this hybrid model next semester, what happens? Do we get rid of the season? What are we going to do about senior students that really were going to get recruited this year? What happens to them? They have to go off their junior year. So I want to talk to you about going back to school. What are you comfortable with? What are you not comfortable with? And if you have a student that last year or last semester was learning online, what did, what did you like about the online learning and what do you dread about the online learning? What about last year? What did you learn in the last few months that you say, you know what, I'd rather my kid go to school, put the mask on and have that teacher 
student relationship be in the classroom instead of being online. And I'm also going to bring back a question I did yesterday on Tom's show. If you were a high school graduate and you had just graduated in 2020, would you sit this year out or would you continue and go right to college even if it's mostly online. You're losing that college, that year of college experience, you know, that the college atmosphere, the parties, the, the really the social life is what's going to suffer. And that's another that's a fourth question going off this school. See, you break down the school so much you get off not being in the building, right? Obviously, the most important, the learning. And how is that affected by being half online, half in the school? But then you also go social life. You know, you've got kids last year that didn't have their prom, and I know a lot of people look forward to that. They didn't have the same kind of graduation. I mean, obviously, everything was altered because of this pandemic, and now you go to college. You're talking about that first year of college. We've heard from a professor yesterday how he does not like the online learning. He is not a fan of it, but he said, do not sit that year out. Keep on going. You don't want to lose that year, that year off, depending on the child, depending on you, that year off, you could learn, you could lose a lot of information, or maybe it would be better for you. I know me personally, as much as I would, and I'm 100% sticking to what I said yesterday, I would sit the year out because I would want that full college experience, especially your freshman year. Uh, But I know me, and if I, I know the kind of information I lost between the end of spring and the beginning of fall in summer, so a year off from, co- uh, from high school to college probably would have to relearn a lot of stuff because that's just how I was in school. But I'd like to know from you the effects of going back to school half and half. If you've seen social effects on your child from not being in the building from March until now and, uh, and further, and what would you feel more comfortable with when it comes to sports? Sitting the whole year out, waiting till spring. Maybe there's a few sports you can name that they should go ahead and play um, in the fall. Obviously, football would be more of a contact sport, uh, but maybe there are a few sports you say, you know what, we should let as much as we can happen while being safe. So you look at the school question, seems like it's just one thing. You know, everyone's out there, what are schools going to do? What about learning? What about classrooms? But really, If you go back to high school and you think about it, by not being in that building, all the things, all the trickle-down things that are affected. So 803-0930, star 930. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about sports coming back in America. And if you were a high school senior, you had just graduated, looking forward to college, but you were looking forward to being at college, being on campus, meeting new people. Right now, that seems to be not an option or a very limited option because it's going to be half and half for many schools and for some schools, not at all. Uh, So I'd like to know what your opinion is on that. Tell me your experience helping your child with online learning. Maybe you're a teacher. What did you like? What didn't you like about online learning last semester? And what are you dreading or maybe looking forward to this fall semester? It's Joe Beamer in for Sandy Beach. Again, Sandy, a little under the weather. We'll be back here tomorrow. Glad you're with us here on News Radio 930 WBEN.
Welcome back. Joe Beamer in for Sandy Beach here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Yes, schools, well, to reopen or to not reopen, it's been a big decision, a big discussion of the summer. But really, when you hear the discussion, it's about, you know, learning. And it should be, obviously, about learning. That is the number one most important thing when you go to high school. Uh, But I think it trickles down into other things as well. You're talking social life. You're talking, um, you know, social life, being with friends, and, and just those situations of being in the school building. A lot of people, me included, believe me, I could not learn in online learning. That just would not happen. I need to be in a classroom. Um, I need someone writing my notes down. No, no, just kidding. Um, But being in the classroom, having access to the teacher, not through an email, not through um, an instant message, which I know it's called something else now because AIM doesn't exist. Um, But I just think that back and forth, because if I know me, and I'm sure a lot of students are like this, if I know me, If I have a question to ask, I'm going to have a follow-up. The answer isn't going to suffice everything I'm thinking of. I need that follow-up to get the actual answer so I can understand the assignment. Um, If we're doing that back and forth with email, well, by the time I finally get what I need, the information I need, the the assignment's going to be due. So I want to know, should students go back to school full-time? Give me the pros. Give me the negatives. Also, was your child doing online learning toward the end of last year? What did, they, what did you like? What were the benefits? And what did you see was lacking? What was lacking from online learning that you can only replace in the classroom? And what do you think about this half-and-half half idea where half the students will go Monday, Thursday, and half the students will go Tuesday, Friday? Teachers would be there four days a week, and Wednesday the school would be empty for a cleaning day. And also sports, high school sports. Do you like the idea to delay them until spring? Are there certain sports that could go ahead and be played now? Should we try to do as much as we can while staying safe from this pandemic? Or should we just keep moving things back? 803-0930, star 930. Also, not sure you heard this, uh, but there was a hearing on Capitol Hill yesterday. And Bill Barr was on Capitol Hill testifying, yes, in front of a congressional committee that was led by none other than Jerry Nadler. Now, let's start by saying we are obviously happy that Jerry Nadler was not injured in the minor car accident he was in yesterday. We want to get that across. No ill will. Um, But Jerry Nadler got there and used his opening statements to pretty much bash the president and the president's administration and Bill Barr. Uh, I think Bill Barr handled himself great. Um, now, I have to admit, I did not watch much of the hearing, listened to a little little of it. Uh, but the quotes I saw this morning and the outrage you see from people on the left on Twitter tells me Bill Barr did a pretty good job. Uh, so I want to know what you think about not just this hearing, but all of these hearings. Everything is now a hearing. And what is the one thing we hear? Impeach, impeach, impeach. And here's, here's where it all comes down to. You, you look at little things that Bill Barr said in his testimony, right? Uh, and, and the one thing he said was that, and I'll read it to you so I don't get it wrong, but he agreed that 
mass mail-in voting would make election fraud more likely. And of course, the media jumped in all over that, right? That is awful. How could you say that? There were a lot of things to pick apart from this, and I'd like to know your opinion. What did you like? What didn't you like? And uh, what do you think of these congressional hearings that are run by the Democrat committees and Jerry Nadler and Adam Schiff with their different committees doing the grandstanding? Um, But also, can you just fathom this? The side of the aisle, the political side of the aisle that thinks Russia, Russia, Russia is ruining everything, right? They got Trump elected. They're going to do it again. The same people that think Russia is going to ruin the elections have no problem with mail-in voting. I guess the Russians can only hack computers, not mail-in ballots. I mean, am I the only one that doesn't make the correlation? You, you You have been talking about for four years now election fraud. Russia got Trump elected. You know, all this stuff. We did a committee on it. We wasted millions of tax dollars that would have been nice to have now during a pandemic. Wasted, wasted, wasted. Um, obviously, nothing was found. And now, the same side with that wants mail-in voting, wants everyone to be able to mail-in vote. And there's a difference between mail-in voting and absentee voting, by the way. Um, I know people don't like, don't like to draw that line, but there is a difference. Uh, but the mass mail-in voting, you would think the one side of the aisle that's anti-mass voting or, or mail-in voting would be the side that, doesn't, that is scared Russia got Trump elected. 803-0930, star 930. Let's, we're talking schools. We're talking Capitol Hill. And right now we're talking to Nick in Buffalo. Nick, good morning. How you doing? Nick, I'm doing well. What do you got for us this morning? So, you know, uh, myself and my wife, we have four children. Um, And with this talk of the kids going back to school, um, in the previous end of the school season, we were conveniently uh, given the COVID relief because your children are staying from home from school. Um, I haven't heard any talk about that or seen any articles saying, uh, you know, if your children don't go to school, you're going to have some sort of relief, which puts us in a pickle because, if you do the alternate days, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, or, you know, like Lancaster had sent out a article stating, you know, they have six different options, you know, every other day, twice a week, full time, um, every other week. Uh, you know, how do parents like, our, like us that are two full-time working parents supposed to facilitate this? Um, and if, if, if they do this stay-at-home learning again, I mean, we're, we're having options of possibly having one of us to quit a job and work nights or something to do it. I just don't understand if there's anything for the support of, you know, I guess, stay-at-home parent-teachers. So, Nick, let me ask. So, last, obviously, in March, you were probably home from work or doing home, work from home. Uh, but now I'm assuming both of you are back in the office? Yeah, well, we're both considered essential workers. Um, so, I worked throughout the entire time, and so did my wife. Um, luckily they were, we were, when the kids got out of school and had, they started to stay at home, they offered, uh, I guess, uh, the, um, COVID-19, uh, relief act stuff where parents could stay at home and receive 60% of pay to basically teach their children because they couldn't go to school. Yeah, it, it's interesting how, you know, it's all about going to school and what can't we do, what can't we do, but we very little talk about the effect this was going to have on the economy or on parents that 
I mean, they, they ha- someone has to be home with their kids. Nick, I hope it all uh, works out. And give us an update when your school announces. Please call back in and tell us what's going on. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you. Nick in Buffalo opens a line for you at 803-0930, talking about schools coming back, talking about testimony on Capitol Hill from Attorney General Barr yesterday. Texts are coming in. Calls are coming in. It's Joe Beamer in for Sandy Beach. Great to be with you here on a Wednesday morning on WBEN. Don't worry, Sandy's a little under the weather today, but he will be back with us for his final day tomorrow. Yes, it'll be emotional. It'll be uh, unforgettable, but make sure you'll want to be here. It'll be the last day for Sandy Beach here at WBEN as he heads into retirement with his beautiful wife-to-be. So I am looking forward to tomorrow. Not looking forward to after tomorrow because I have to say one thing. Radio is the most fun you'll ever have in a job. And I'm lucky because I love the people I work with. It is great to come in here and work with Susan and Brian in the morning and then Sandy and Tony after that. It, it, it's great. We have just great people working here, everyone in the, in the newsroom, everyone here in the, stu- in the talk studio, in the control room. It, it's just a great time. But Sandy makes that 10 times during his show. I mean, he is just so fun to work with and I told the story on Friday, um, but you know when I came back to BEN three years ago, um, my plan was, hey, I didn't like the job I had. Retail is a tough job, and the people that that do it, kudos to you. Retail is a tough job. So I came back, and there was an opening in the morning, and you know I had no idea that I would get airtime or anything. And Sandy, you know, let me say my opinions here and there. And uh, it really turned into where now I'm filling in for the uh, for the legend, Sandy Beach. So he uh, he really gave you that airtime. He believed in me, which is great. I mean, you're talking about a guy of three Hall of Fames, a legend of radio and uh, just giving me all this advice and giving me the airtime. And it's just been so much fun to come into work every day. Really, really going to miss talking to Sandy every day. And uh, already, like like you know, he hasn't been in studio since March. And I miss those 8 o'clock conversations. He'll come down, sit in the control room, and we'll just go back and forth for an hour. I've been missing those since March. And I'll uh, definitely, after tomorrow, miss checking in with him when he uh, checks in from home before the show. 803 930 star 930 talking schools, talking Attorney General Barr's testimony on Capitol Hill yesterday and what we either learned from that or what you saw from the Democrats again. I mean, this was a lot like the Mueller investigation. Anyone from the Trump administration seems to get treated with that disrespect. I'd like to know what you thought. Let's go to Cheetawaga and talk to Stephen. Stephen, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, the testimony with Barr was what you would expect. Swing at Trump, swing at Barr. We're so wonderful, you suck. Um, no big surprise there. But this conversation about schools, and, and I understand the safety and concerns on all sides as far as kids, staff, teachers, everybody involved. But so much of this conversation seems to be focused in a way where we're talking about school as daycare. School is education. Now, I understand we've got jobs, we've got to work it around, but either we're focusing on the kids getting their education or we're focusing on daycare. Which is it? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about teaching kids, and we've seen, I mean, talk to 
any teacher and talk to any child, there are some things lacking from that online learning. There is a reason that in 2020, most kids still go to college in an actual building, in an actual classroom. When you do it all online, you are losing some of that education. We, we, we talk about when you get a new puppy and you say, what do you have to do? We have to get it around other dogs to socialize it. We socialize our dogs for crying out loud. Do we really think kids deserve less? Or need less. And Stephen, look at it this way as well. What are we, you know? What have we been saying for the last five or six years? Hey, get off your phone, get off social media, go and socialize face to face. Now we're teaching kids the complete opposite. We're getting them more comfortable just talking to kids via Zoom meeting, via text, and really losing that face to face interaction. Yeah, go get your iPad and go to school. Yeah, exactly. Steve, thank you for the call, man. You bet. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. Steve Nchitawaga brings up some good points. 803-0930. He's right. We're talking about education. And Ron in West Seneca was such a great caller yesterday, uh, a local professor. And he was talking about what happened at the end of of the school year last year and how important it is to have students in class, not just for the professors or the teachers, but for the students. Now, I do. I want to backtrack just a little. I think what we saw in March, April, May, and June from our local teachers was amazing. To be able to adapt that quickly and teach online, a lot of these teachers hadn't know, didn't know any of that stuff on their, on their computers and what they had to do. They adapted very quickly, very, uh, and they did the best with what they had. So I have to, you know, hats off to our teachers, and I know a lot of them are going to have to do some level of that this year. But you're talking about Friday being in your classroom, having all of the things from your classroom, having kids there, setting up activities and all that and assignments. And then that Monday, knowing you probably won't see those kids again for the rest of this school year. And now everything that you had on your either smart board or maybe assignments you had printed out, now all of that needs to get converted online in a very short amount of time. You had no prep. You had, you know, no on-site learning. Obviously, no one was on-site. So all of this had to happen very quickly. And, I mean, they did the best with what they had. But I don't think anything replaces in-class learning. That's why, like I said to Stephen, in 2020, most kids are still planning to go to a building for college. 803-0930, it's Joe Beamer in for the legendary Sandy Beach here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Well, this was inevitable. Now comes the coronavirus legal blowback. In Massachusetts, property owners are fed up. They're suing the state and the Massachusetts Executive Office of Housing and Economic Development. The issue is the eviction moratorium that was put in place during the lockdown to permit tenants to stay in their rental properties, even if they haven't paid rent. Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker just extended the eviction moratorium until the middle of October. A lawyer for the landlords explains that one of his clients, a nurse, is owed $20,000 in back rent. The nurse 
is now experiencing serious financial difficulties because the government did not give her a moratorium on paying her financial obligations. The lawsuit was filed in federal court. It accuses the state of violating the landlord's right to just compensation for what amounts to the unlawful taking of their property, violating their right to the legal process, and unconstitutionally impairing their lease agreements. Now, you can bet... There could be a slew of lawsuits like this across the nation, not just from landlords, but from thousands of business owners going bust because power-hungry governors of liberal states want to keep everything shut down to damage President Trump. These blue state autocrats believe they are invincible and unaccountable, and we're about to find out whether or not they are right, as usual trial lawyers right in the middle of the mess. Do you know you might be overpaying for your Medicare supplement plan? Do you get lost in an alphabet maze of plans like A, B, C, D, and G, F? Would you like help getting out of the maze and finding the very best plan for you? We are experienced Medigap agents at Health IQ, and we are on a mission to give people like you fair and square Medigap rates. Health IQ is the only insurance agency that rewards seniors proactively working on their health, like eating right and exercising. You don't have to be an athlete to save money. We reward healthy lifestyles of all kinds. Do you take your vitamins and supplements? Do you stay active and in the know about things that impact your health? If so, you could save money with Health IQ. Let us help you take care of your Medicare supplement needs. To see if you qualify for exclusive savings on Medicare supplement insurance, go to healthiq.com slash Medigap. To start saving, go to healthiq.com slash Medigap. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-I-Q dot com slash M-E-D-I-G-A-P. Health IQ is an agency offering plans from different insurance carriers. No government or Medicare affiliation. Coverage and special rates not available in all counties or cases. WBEN Buffalo, WKSE HD3 Niagara Falls, a radio.com station. Live from the Aesthetic Associates Center studio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 